Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank Yet you. again to another episode of this podcast we do together. Thank you, friend. So we are going to play a little game called Click Pitch. Ramped up Click Pitch, in fact, and... This is a game where we each have a phrase generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click, we're each going to get a new phrase consisting of an adjective and a noun, and uh, we're going to jam those together into not a sentence, but a, you know, mishmash of words, (laughs) and then that's going to become a game design. So, let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Click. Near dodge. Fingered butchery. All right, we're going there right off the beginning. I, I, I'm seeing Ben just trying to stifle some laughter. So, I love having the camera so that we can see each other. It's been the best thing. <laughs> it's true. It's added something to the podcast. It's also taken away some of the mystery, but, you know. All right, so oh. fingered butchery. I mean- uh, I feel like this is someone cutting off fingers for some reason. Like, uh, is, is this a punishment for something? Is this like a loan shark situation, sort of the mafia Ooh. or- Oh, I, I, I like the idea of like the loan shark is a butcher. And so, people come into into the butcher shop and, mm. and you know, put down bets oh. as, well as, as well as buying sausages. And then they get pulled into the back where the guy's got a big meat cleaver and- you know, yeah. he's taking fingers. And they they yeah, become totally. like finger sausages or whatever. Yeah, then he sells them. He minces them up and puts them in a special a special blend. Yeah, and, and, gives, very well. and gives them back to the person that he took the fingers from. And it's like, <laughs> you've got to cook them up and eat it. <laughs> if you cook it up and eat it, then I'll take twenty percent off your bill off your uh off your your loan. Yep. Alright, so is this maybe a bit of a I don't know. Is that just the narrative hook that we that we jump off of? Yeah, it's what's, narrative. What's, where's near dodge coming from? Is this like a near like a near miss, or is dodge a place? Um, I kind of like the idea that dodge is like the the character that you play. He's Ooh, okay. He's sort of like low lowly in the in the Lone Sharks Empire, mm-hmm. uh, but he's the one that goes out and you know tries to be the the. You know, the guy that brings the money back in and- Well, either that or he's he's just run up against this loan shark. Like, the butcher is almost the villain, the the antagonist, and your character, Dodge, it's their adventure. Yeah. It's their story. But they start off maybe owing a lot of money to the butcher and then having to, like, do jobs for them. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, sort of having to, like trying to figure out a way out of this. Maybe there's like a romance angle, like with some other characters. Yep. Yeah, I'm just sort of building up that that general story there of the sort of you know thief with a heart of gold in a way, or like crook yeah. with a heart of gold who's sort of fallen into the wrong, fallen into this business. Almost a bit of you know the movie Two Hands with Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah that was a really cool movie. Yeah, where, like, sort of just a low-level crook in a way, like- Yep. But, yeah, like, some really interesting relationship stuff and just exploration of that 
sort of underbelly. I kind of like the idea that, um, you know, you don't necessarily borrow the money directly from um, from the butcher. You borrow mm. it from someone else. But this other person had a few loans themselves to the butcher and they sort of transferred your loan over to the butcher when, oh, when yeah. they got- on on the death of this, like, as this person died, it's like, okay, now all your, all your all the loans default to the butcher. Mm. Yeah, totally. And that's how, you know, you sort of end up working, trying to, trying to pay off your debt. But of course, the, what, the interest rate has just gone up. And it's like- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also the types of jobs that you're starting to need to do- you know, you didn't expect to get into literally the sort of organized crime, you know, scene. You just, yes, you borrowed some shady money from, a, you know, from a, an acquaintance. Yeah. Because you wanted to, I don't know, put some bets down or whatever. I'm kind of thinking it almost like the um, the Edward Norton character from Rounders, where he's sort of like the friend from from college or whatever. Yeah. But who's got into into some bad deals all the all the yeah, way. So yeah. you borrow some money from from him or or you borrow some money for him and he mm. didn't tell you exactly what you were getting yourself into. Yeah, totally. And yeah, you, you're taking on that that sort of um You like taking on that role. Yeah. And yeah. and you sort of take on the debt yourself, you know, to try and get him out of it. Yeah. So, since we've got a good kind of narrative vibe here and, and some interesting characters. We haven't had, like, a mafia-style game that has, like, those full-on RPG mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the mafia games had their sort of open-worldy tropes and you had your different missions and stuff. But, yeah, I think bringing in, like, some companion- well, companion type stuff, customer character, yeah, ca- customer characterization, character customization, uh, and like, yeah, choosing your as you, you're leveling up and or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be called leveling up because that feels a bit out of place, but gaining new skills or something, or yeah. getting to choose your direction that you take your character in. That could be that could be really interesting. Yeah. So you may not be really great at fist fighting at the start, but then after you get a few beatdowns, you take a couple of boxing mm. lessons or something like that, and that that's you know you've now got a basic um, knowledge of of fist fighting or you know depending totally on yeah. On well, and I think like we often tend to do when we go in the RPG direction is go the Mass Effect style. I think just because the Mass Effect games married the action and the RPG so well. Especially Mass Effect 2. Yeah. And so I don't think you'd want like a turn-based combat. I mean, you could. That could be cool too, actually. Because I don't. I feel like there hasn't been a good like tactical turn-based combat game in that scene either. But I feel like that's maybe a different game. Trevor just got so bored. Uh, he fell asleep. Uh, those are the types of games I really want to like and I will play for, you know, one evening and then never go back to it. Mm. But, yeah, I think that action style thing with some 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 gunfighting, some fist fighting, and then, yeah, your, like, conversation skills or your crime skills or your lockpicking yeah. skills or your- Yeah. Yeah, you can you can always put the- um, what they did for, uh, like, Knights of the Old Republic and stuff. They had, you know, a D20 system sitting in the background saying whether you hit or miss and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Base it off real rules and real stats- and then you decide how you want to present that yeah. to the player. 
I, I personally thought that that was a really good way of doing, you know, the real-time turn-based combat. Hmm. Hmm. So there's there's sort of like your your version of, hey, because of your skills, you can hit this many times as you, or this is your how good your aim is for for guns and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there could be a bit of that. So, and I mean, that would involve more of an. I think like it can still be real time, but instead of FPS style or third person style shooting where you're physically aiming, it's more okay. Like attack this character. And based on your char- in York on your character's gun skills and um, dodge skills or whatever or athletic skills or different things, they'll like pop up and take some sh- take a few shots. And whether they hit or not is all is all done based on some actual kind of D and D style yeah. or you know RPG based calculations. I- I'm just imagining. Um- as you're playing through the games, the the different sort of people that, yeah, they they get you know fingers severed and all this sort of stuff by the butcher, but they <laughs> yeah. but they end up being given like the concrete shoes and get dumped in the in the river and all this sort of stuff. And oh yeah, I feel like you can definitely lose some party members to different tropey ways of <laughs> of uh, of organized crime, you know, murders, sleep with the fishes and such. Yeah, that'd but be cool. The, the- cool thing about having a character by the name of Dodge is it doesn't matter whether you choose male or female at the start, it's- It's not just your name, it's also one of your stats. <laughs> yeah, but you can choose either, either you know, any sort of character and their mm. nickname can just be Dodge, like, that's- Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, uh, well, and that's actually the other, uh, the other comparison I was going to make was Dragon Age, uh, or the, also the, the, um, Nazi the Old Republic games definitely did a lot of that kind of you're attacking this person, but it's, you know, your underlying stats that determine how well you hit and that sort of thing, as opposed yep. to the player skill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that idea of because there's a real progression already there in working your way up the ranks of this organization. And I think you can then have, you know, have multiple endings which are maybe, you know, possible or not, depending on character choices you've made. But, you know, you can either take out the butcher, butcher and, like, end his organization, or you can take him out and take over the organization. Yep. Or maybe you can, like, partner up with him. Also, like, you can have some different endings that that are only, you know, you obviously, if you've been going against the butcher this whole time, then maybe you can't partner up with him at the end. But, um, or if you've been sort of trying to do the right thing most of the time, maybe you... you, you Maybe it's too out of character to then take over as this kingpin, but yeah, you've got the choices there. Is the is the point? It's just really scary when kingpin does actually turn up at the end, and it turns out that like this Marvel's is a, a kingpin. Yeah, yeah, this is a full on yeah. Marvel um, thing. You just didn't know about the butcher because, like, he's such a ancillary character that totally. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I mean, you should have known we because we you should have known J Jonah Jameson walking down the street. Um, complaining about Spider-Man. and um, Well, we should have known when your own character, when it only let you choose a first and last name that had the same first letter. Yeah. Uh, Danny Dodge. Well, no, I think Dodge is still your nickname, but you can choose, you know. But it restricted you to, to the same first letter. It's like, ah, oh, and then the sequel is a full-on Marvel superhero RPG, which would also be an awesome game. Yeah. But again, I, mean, I, know, you don't- I know Marvel's done but- RPG- 
ish. Yeah, stuff but again, you don't play one of the heroes. You play one of the ancillary characters who are helping mm-hmm. the heroes. Three to one click. All right, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Though. That's very cool. <laughs> Dusky Seaman. S E A. Nope. Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> I read it first as Dusty Seaman, and then it turns out- <laughs> Realized no, it was dusky. dusky. Well, I have Hasty Population, which is- Is this a, is this a game where you play a sperm? <laughs> I, I'm- And it's I, about I hear, like- I hear Hasty Population. <laughs> I hear Dusky Seaman, and I'm just thinking about- like hasty rabbits, um, you know, it's late night, they're like fucking like rabbits, and it's just, you know, a population population simulator of, of rabbits. <laughs> or oh, the other thing I thought is Dusky Seaman could definitely be a name. <laughs> like someone's name, Dusky Seaman. Like they're, they're, uh, I mean, you could go the typical thing that they're a porn star or a stripper or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely like a male porn star's name, Dusky Seaman. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep, I feel yep. like Loving sex this. work could be an interesting area to bring gaming into it that hasn't been done very much. And look, I don't have a lot of experience in the realm of sex workers other than I support them in, ge- in, in general. And and really, I think they're they're underrepresented. Absolutely, they're underrepresented. Yeah, so I can't think of any games. Well, and, and in general, they and in general in games they're fodder, right? Like they're they're sacrifices, they're fridged, they're. Oh, I can't. I kind of like the idea that um, your character on the side, like he works in porn, um, mm-hmm. and his nickname in the porn movies is Dusky Sam. Yeah, it's his stage name. But the whole game is is not about what he does for work. It's it's around, like, his moonlighting job. Okay. In which he hastily, you know, runs around the city delivering packages. Oh, like, does he deliver, like, sperm samples or something? (laughs) (laughs) He's like the courier for IVF. Clinics, yeah, and the sort of gameplay that I'm picturing is is that crazy taxi sort of <laughs> kind of went there too. You, you've like you've this, only got this embryo is gonna it's gonna well, be unviable. Well, you, you need to, you need to keep the semen seconds. sample viable, and I mean, what else are they going to do? And if you don't, then you just replace <clears> it with your own. What, what else are they going to no do with all, all the semen from all the porn movies? Like, then give it to a good home. <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't think. Three to one click. Yeah. Impending letter. Playful videotape. Okay. Sending videotapes through the mail. Ooh, you, you said impending letter, and I'm sort of thinking some sort some sort of mail correspondence sending videotapes mm. in the mail. Yeah. I like the idea of receiving these videotapes and getting new, like, information about a story or a person yeah. or a situation. 
like maybe it's a I mean we could go to the point of like a serial killer or something who is like sending these letters to the cops or to the victims beforehand or to the yeah know, survivors after or something like as a clue yeah but playful because <laughs> because it's because it's all yeah. it's all about you know well, okay at we first it looks it playful but then it turns out to be well because my idea <laughs> my idea was around at like 90s saturday morning tv show mm-hmm. 80s or 90s kind of saturday morning tv style thing um, and with that we'd do something with that, but maybe those are the videos. Maybe the killer sends these videos and it, they're like a host on this fucking creepy ass Saturday morning TV thing with like weird puppets and shit. Oh, you, you know that it has to be like one of those cheap, um, like UHF channels in, in the States kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Like a public access. Yeah. Public access. Style thing. Channel 31. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really cheap, nasty like, cartoons. That could actually be a super creepy serial killer thing is- Well, because you know, you know how puppeteers, like some style- Some styles of puppeteering, you, the puppeteer is just all in black. Yeah. And are controlling puppets so that they kind of blend into the background. Mm-hmm. That could be like this guy's kind of killing- M-O, you yep. know, slasher outfit, effectively- and and some some of the earlier, I'm thinking some of the earlier videos are, are a little bit more playful and all this sort of stuff. And they've, um, you know, the puppets are really well designed, but they they get a little bit more. Or oh, they start like falling to pieces and getting all ratty and oh, and rotting. Limb, and like it turns out, fall, like, pieces falling off. It's all felt that's been super glued to to like a head, like in oh, the skin just falling off. Oh yes. Well, who was it that sent <laughs> the fucking the the dolls with the human teeth? Oh yes. Oh, we that we that this was outside of this, but we've both recently seen these. I I love the idea that as it goes on, yeah, these dolls actually start getting replaced with basically pieces from the victims. Yep, that is so fucking. But but I'm also just imagining that. They were always a victim. Like the the basis of of the puppet is still like the maybe I kind of like I kind of like, like the idea of this being almost a a weird Pinocchio situation where he's like trying to make the puppet into a real boy <laughs> <laughs> by grafting on limbs and things. Okay, so who do you play in this game? Obviously, not the not the killer. No, no. I think you're playing. Are you playing the host of this of this like public access show? Well, oh, and someone that could be interesting. You, it's, it's, it's basically you them to yeah. be aired, and you're like you initially do air them, but as they start getting creepier, or you start like you realize that things they've said have matched up to these murders or these people that are missing or something. Yeah, that um, I, I'm. I'm picturing that be- because of, like, one of the videos that you show, like, the police become involved, saying, wh- who's sending yeah. you these? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. You need to keep on- we need to keep on putting these up, 
um, on the on the right. Otherwise, yeah, because he escalates every time that you re- every time that you refuse. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, I'm almost. Uh, there are a few different ways we could take this. I could see it as one of those games where it's just sort of set on your at your like studio thing where you've just got a couple screens or like a couple of views almost it's like okay here is the sort of the the four screens or whatever that you can flick between for that are going out on the air on this public access station and then over here you've got like your incoming mail and you've got your you know your email and you've got a door that people can appear at or something and that literally the whole game is just sort of taken from these few different views of your little workstation here yeah um, and then obviously you're viewing these videos on the screens and yeah, like maybe you're setting up the schedule or something. So you've got choices about airing them at different times and just some, just some, again, bringing in like the mundane choices of your actual job and then mixing it in with, oh, but I have to decide whether or not to air this fucking serial killer's creepy ass puppet video. Yeah. And I like the idea that the, the sort of, by choosing not to not to play it, you're going to actually cause him to escalate and do yeah, worse yeah. shit. Like to, do more harm or, or, or ramp or, up the killings. Or by playing it you're you're also sort of helping him in in you know, distributing his his goods to the masses yeah. and you know, so it's basically a lose lose situation of yeah, and I think you just maybe get, like, different endings or, or branched narratives a bit of- or depending on the different things you choose and different scenes that can happen, like, maybe the cops. Like, maybe if you if you don't play them for a few times in a row, like, he calls the station and threatens you, you hear his fucking, like, <laughs> the puppet voice over the phone. <laughs> oh. Just like, hey, 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 you didn't play my video last night. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. ram this dick up your ass. <laughs> Turn you into uh, a puppet motherfucker. <laughs> I am the puppet master. You will be my oh, puppet that is baby. Just creepy as puppet babies. Uh, I totally had a view. I had totally had an idea in there as well of, you know, in each of the videos, you sort of, you see he's in the background manipulating these puppets dressed all in black. But at one point in the video, if you're not watching closely, you don't realize that he gets up and leaves and his puppets are still like moving. <laughs> it's like that. It's like one of the, it's like that video with the gorilla walking through the school children. Like if you're just watching the puppets, you, you might not actually notice that the person who's supposed to be puppeteering them gets up yeah. and leaves. It's just like this totally creepy thing that's <laughs> you know, left unexplained or whatever. But yeah, I, I think if it's done well, like you just, you're focused on this disgusting stuff that's actually happening and you don't realize that he he just walks out of the scene and walks yeah, back exactly. in at the end like yeah it's at the start and at the end he's there but in the middle he's just walked away and the yeah. puppets are still going that's just yep <laughs> it's on the third time that you watch it it's sort of like the too many cooks where where you mm. when when you watch that over and over and over and you realize oh shit you know this isn't what what you think it is. Well, I'm putting moments like that into the videos that you're getting because particularly given the context that we're putting it in and that you've got the ability to like scrub back and forth and stuff. So, it sort of really puts you in that space of like, oh, wait, what the hell did I just see? Rewind. 
Well, you can't. I wonder. Well, I guess you can if you've got a proper like vi- uh, video editing suite or something. You can probably actually scrub back and forth. But yeah. otherwise, it's like, oh shit, rewind. Okay, play. <laughs> no, I didn't go back far enough. Rewind. <laughs> like just an old VHS, old VCR. Yep. It's Betamax. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, three to All one right. click. Yeah. Alleged driving. Dejected psychoanalyst. <laughs> okay. So, I was kind of heading in this direction already, but I feel like psychoanalyst pushed it over the edge. I feel like driving is golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just feel like psychiatrists and psychoanalysts probably golf a lot. Yep. There's the whole doctor's golfing thing. Alleged driving makes me feel like there's some sort of mystery as to who hit a golf ball. Like the that the sort of the driving, pun not intended, force behind this story is a particular golf swing, golf hit or something. And the ball landed somewhere and it set off some chain of events. And, and, and so I'm imagining that this psychoanalyst, you know, has to sort of go around and, and like, they, they watch someone's golf swing and they can tell everything about this person based on their <laughs> golf swing. It's like, yeah, that's it's like, like their one, it, it's like their one skill that- that's you know, the, Well, I think it's just their gimmick. They're in, like, some fucking upper class, you know, neighbourhood of LA or something. And so, their gimmick to get all these rich bastards into there is, is that- I'll psychoanalyze you via your golf swing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, he's actually become fairly good at it. But dejected, I'm sort of seeing this as sort of over the whole hoity-toity LA so lifestyle. He, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's jaded. Yeah. Or she. Yeah. Which I like the idea of it being a woman because I was going towards- <laughs> This feels like kind of a house MD or like one of those um, procedural shows where you've got the sort of the person who's a semi-genius in one particular way. And so, yes, she started off doing this as a gimmick, but it's actually proven to be a really effective way to like find things out about people is to watch them play golf. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she's kind of over it in a lot of ways and sick of this lifestyle, but also she's really good at it and kind of can't stop analyzing people. I, I kind of like the idea that the prologue is, is like her in her prime um, where mm. she's, you know, just she's solving this final case where she's watching this, this person do a golf swing and they've, and she's just picked, picked out, out of all these people playing this tournament. It's like, that's the guy that, that, you know, murdered that person because, you know, his swing is <laughs> is coming from inside to out and all this sort of stuff. And she basically yeah. just breaks it all down and, you know, but then- Diagnoses them as a psychopath because of the golf swing. But it's then like, oh, something, something actually happens and-, <laughs> and like it's 20 years later and yeah. she's just sick of the whole, the whole scene, especially in LA. I'm, I'm picturing- well, and I almost feel like, is this one of those situations where that case, like, threw her into the limelight? Yeah, it was in a so high profile. That- so, her profile, she, like, wrote a book. She, you know, had all these high profile clients. She's now in this super swanky house or apartment or whatever. But no one else, she's never been able to pick anyone else out because 
like the amount of times that golf comes into it. You know, is <laughs> it's well, just, maybe just nobody's playing golf anymore. But but then it's like climate change. But then there's this there's this massive the pileup that happens and and this massive traffic accident from someone taking a golf swing from up in the up in the hills onto the highway. And it's like so they they sort of call her and they they get her to come down. And like, oh, it's one of those classic like you got to come back. She's sitting there on the edge of a building, you know, contemplating suicide. They know I'm done with that life. I don't like one golf last anymore. job. <laughs> it's a it's a game for privileged assholes, and I don't want to look at anyone swing a golf club ever again and realize that they've got. Mummy issues and, but I, I'm just yeah. imagining is as she's sitting up there and you see across across the across the road or something like that. Um, she's sitting on the edge of a building. And you see like this massive um, screen on someone's yeah. someone's wall, and they they're talking about um, you know this this golf ball that's caused this major accident. And- oh, I was going to say that she's sitting up there, but she's actually, there's a driving range down like that. She can see it's all lit up and she's just like wallowing, but she can't stop. She sits there, you know, it's this, <laughs> this great scene. Actually, she's looking down on this driving range and yeah, her friend or whatever, or the cop or something who's come to like get her help is, you know, you gotta come back. And she sits there and she's like, Sociopath, sociopath, beats his girlfriend, kills him. Yeah, like, yeah. Surprise, (laughs) surprisingly, uh, that that guy, that 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 guy's surprisingly, you know, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, beats the kids. (laughs) Just all these, (laughs) um, and then obviously, yeah, I guess there's some. She's convinced to come back. And then is it just, I guess you've maybe got it. Is the game, is the rest of the game then about you've got a list of subjects and you have to find ways for them all to play golf? <laughs> um, you, you've got to, you've got to basically find, you know, the allegory for golf in, in a particular oh, scene. So yes. it's like you can you sort have of to just see have them swing how, at something. How someone's, you know, um, they do a throw and they do it that sort of underarm throw and it's like, okay, I can see that they're, they're, bringing yep. their shoulders through and all this sort of stuff and you can sort of break it down in that that sort of way and you, yep, you can yep. bring it all like they're back in a kitchen her. and you you got to somehow like release a mouse or a rat or something in there that they like get the broom and try to sweep it out the door yeah that's cool i feel i'm picturing this as like as a bit of a point and click adventure game then where you've just got all these different scenes and yeah the the, the, the main goal is always to get them to to do a a semi golf swing style yep. thing in some way I, I just love the fact that this this cop that you're with, like it's a plutonic relationship. Um, there's no there's no sexual tension or anything like that. Like, yeah. And and I'm picturing it's because your your character is actually in a in a relationship. Like, um, yeah, she's yeah. You, we can add a love interest or a, or a partner or whatever yeah. in there. Yeah, like she's got a family. She's she's happy. So there's just a just a working relationship with her with her cop partner. And yeah. I'm picturing that this this cop partner sees it as as you know it's amazing to be working with this person, but um, she's just oh, all yeah. jaded and like yeah still- totally. And I mean, it is very much like like a house MD or a. I mean, Bones doesn't quite have that relationship, but uh, you know, like it's yeah. that it's that typical 
that TV or like um fucking castle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's really cool. Illogical velocity. Rumpled testicle. Oh fuck, are you kidding me? That's what I've what got. What is wrong with this? I'm on higher, so I'm on higher um, complexity than what I normally would be, but... <laughs> the illogical velocity of a rumpled testicle. Uh, it's, so, it's about, like, getting testicle torsion or well, something. I, 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 is this a physics game? <laughs> See, I, 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 heard, like, um, I heard rumpled testicle and I started thinking rumpled stilt skin sort of thing, but... yeah. So, Rumpel ball skin. <laughs> <laughs> is, this a, is this like a completely dirty, mixed up mother goose? Yep. Yeah. Got Jack off and Jill off. <laughs> um, you've got Humpty. Well, Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. I mean, Humpty Dumpty's and, just and, dirty just anyway. Likes, likes anal sex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his thing. Well, he's a, no, he's he's one of those like vibrating eggs. Likes going up up the dumper. Yeah, totally up up the dumper. That's the name of the episode. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like this is one of those games that you see advertised on porn sites. Um, I it's like guaranteed not to come in five minutes. I would not know. Oh, sure, Trevor. <laughs> uh, yeah, is your wife in the background? Hey, I pay for premium. I don't get any of those ads. <laughs> <laughs> Little boy blue balls. Um, Peter Piper. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a peck of dildo... Dig, 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 dirty dildos. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled penises. I mean, just pickled peckers instead of peppers. Very <laughs> good. Peter Piper picked a peck of pe- pickled peckers. Say that ten times fast with a dick in your mouth. Picked a pack of pickled peppers and peckers. <laughs> okay, three to one click. Oh, come on. No, no there's more. No. <laughs> okay. Fun. What, what, what's the game? What's the game? No, there's no game. This is the game is us coming up with dirty. <sighs> no, no, no. There's got there's, what was you? What were your words again? Illogical velocity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is about Humpty Dumper. But we've done and the we've way done that the he Humpty, fell off. We've done a Humpty know, game, in the but it wasn't last couple this. of weeks. <laughs> All right. Who else would go in an illogical velocity? Uh, Rumble about Goldilocks. Um, okay. I, I'm just I'm just thinking that you know he got a he got ejected out of out of his previous like kingdom or whatever ejaculated because, out yep yep if you want to say that <laughs> um, I, I'm sort of thinking that because you know he's changed his name because everyone was guessing Grumpled Stiltskin so he's he's sort of right so he did just just mix it up a little yep but go a bit for the older he crowd he didn't realise that. Um, by changing his name to Rumpled Ballskin, that he'd actually change like like the whole the whole nursery rhyme world, nursery rhyme world yeah. to like this perverted, sex-driven thing because he he just thought it was funny just to you know oh they'll never guess Rumpled Ballskin 
And it turns right. out that he's, he's changed, like, everyone's um, psyche in this because it turns out that he's, he's like, he doesn't really so, belong in this in this world. All right. So, is this the story, then, of Rumpel Bolskin trying to put things back to rights? Yeah. As he travels through- He almost becomes the hero this of a story that he was previously the villain of. Yeah. Hickory dickory cock. The mouse- Ran up my cock. <laughs> you just rhymed cock with cock. Yeah, I did. Okay, three to one click. Little Miss Muffet. Little Miss Muffet. Oh, died. come on. Sad. <laughs> Bone bypass. Little pink jam. I right. just got the word uh, boned. Boned? Yes. Boned bypass? Yes. Burning root. <laughs> okay, clicking again. All right, so do you want to click? Incompatible intellect. Breathing landing. Okay. Which isn't really a phrase that sort of goes well together, but... Incompatible intellect, you said? Yeah. Hmm. So, I sort of see this as, like, a what-if two mismatched characters that... Um, you know, like a Holmes and Watson sort of character, mm. they got put together where they're not actually compatible. That, yeah, you know, they they basically everything they say doesn't lead the other person to. to a, um, I like the idea of that that um, relationship, that style of relationship. Breathing landing makes me think of either like sp- space. Yep. Or underwater, some sort of thing there. Why? Why do I? Why do I now really want to see like a a Sherlock Holmesy sort of thing? But like in space, but in space slash on the International Space Station. Well, so what I almost thought of, and I I don't know that we'd want to go the full Sherlock Holmes, where like they're you know people are coming to them to solve mysteries or whatever. But I kind of thought of the idea where. Someone like won a trip up to the International Space Station or something, or like somehow figured their way onto the space station, but they're actually not very clever. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, you could almost take the incompatible intellect a little bit different in the fact that the, um, if you had like a language barrier up there, that you had someone who only spoke English and only, and someone that only sp- spoke Russian or, or yeah. Mandarin or something like that. And basically, yeah. you don't have that- Like, they have to try and work together, but it's very incompatible because they think mm. in totally different languages. And you have that that sort of thing of having to try and work through- Work through this this um, mystery that's happening up there. Yeah. With, I do with like- other instru- uh, astronauts up there because, like, for some reason, you know- one person from each from each group has has been sort of taken or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that idea of just you and one or two other astronauts left on the space station and yeah, you can't you don't speak the same language. Yeah. And so you need to communicate, you know, non verbally essentially and having to to navigate and solve puzzles around the space station. While working with them in different ways. Yeah. Like, basically, there's there's now 
um, you know, you had you had like the translator on board who could speak all these different languages, mm. and they're the person that have, that has gone missing. Or maybe this is even because I suspect, like right now, that a lot of astronauts speak, you know, uh, a lot of the other languages that are that the general sort of spacefaring countries speak. But maybe this is set in a time when there's a universal translator of sorts, or at least some some translator between these languages, and so astronauts no longer learn the other languages because they're just so oh, yeah, used to using the translator. Because they don't have to, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously, like something happens, and the translator goes out as part of whatever's going on on the on the ship, and yeah, they totally just can't communicate anymore. Oh, I, I love the fact that you can you can basically bring back the, tra- the translator, but it's the database has been corrupted, so it's, uh, it's very fractured. <laughs> it's like as replaces to what- or like replaces words with other ones. Oh, not even that, but like it it replaces some of the words. So, right. as, so you you, as you're able fragments. to go further, like, further defragmentation has happened and, and like, yeah. now you can have it that, okay, now you're getting, you know, 20% of the words are being, are being Yeah, well, and that could even be, like, you know, your, your act break or something. Like, the end of the first act is, oh, you have a mission to, to fix the translator and, yeah, you get, like, 20% functionality back now of course and that allows you to kind of what communicate works really well for zero g but vr so yeah i'm sort of thinking that this is taking the idea of you know earth light and and all those sort of spacewalk games mm-hmm. but putting it into a, into a full full-blown like mystery that's going on up there that yeah, well, I'm picturing along the lines of, like, a Tacoma or Observation or I think there was another one recently. I mean, effectively Lone Echo, but-, but Right, I haven't, I haven't played that one, but, yeah, I I like that a lot. And, and bringing in this, this language barrier is cool. I'm almost picturing a bit of a- So, just to make it a bit more interesting, and because we don't actually have to build this so we can make it more complicated- <laughs> I wonder if this is a rather than just a straight narrative game where, you know, you've basically got gated sections and you solve a like get through a story bit and solve a puzzle and whatever. I wonder if this is a bit more of a systems based thing where the other the other astronauts and stuff, they've got like their tasks that they're doing and they're going around um the the space station and doing the different things and, and, and like, yes, the universal translator's out, but it's not at this point a- You just think it's a glitch or something. Yeah. And so- You know, if if you think that if you get to this one area and you, you unplug it and plug it back in, you know, it'll, it'll all sort of fix itself. Yeah. Well, and I'm always picturing just- And I guess- I guess I don't have a- I, I guess I don't have another gameplay loop in mind other than I like the idea of, of sort of- simulating the space station in some way and the people on it but that that it's not the entire gameplay loop about just solving this crisis it's sort of more of a background thing and then you're getting story as the rest as the rest of the game yeah kind of goes on i mean you're up there for a mission so your mission obviously has some parameters that you've got to be doing every day you know you're running tests for for you know the rest of the world. Basically, yeah, you're doing different experiments and different 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a reason why we send people up there. It's not just to to be able to sit up there. You know, they're obviously doing no. something very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, generally, they're doing science. Yeah. So, I, I like the idea of having to still keep that, that sort of science going and taking readings. Well, I like the and- idea then that maybe you're doing some science around, like, neutrinos or, you know, something where you don't want the, the barrier of the Earth's atmosphere to- uh, Give way to gamma uh, to- radiation. Well, whatever, to get in the way, right? Like to, you want the cleanest kind of exposure to outer space as possible. But you discover through these experiments that it's actually related to, you know, you start getting weird results in your experiments and you realize that's actually related to why the translator's out and that it's actually this like cataclysm that's coming towards Earth that's going to destroy all technology. Yeah. You know, it's like a solar flare times 100 or something. Yeah, it's galactic. It's just going to. Yeah, it's Galactus, totally. It's and this is yet another Marvel game <laughs> uh, that we've secretly snuck into the episode. Where at the very end of the game, you find out it's been Marvel all along, and and, and the Earth reason why something eaten. happened before is the Silver Surfer came down beforehand and accidentally knocked out the translator. Yeah, he was doing tricks on his surfboard, and he just like hit the thing on the outside. Yeah, just fucker. He just knocked it a little bit and totally fucked it up, but. What you didn't realise is that your name is Dr. Victor Doom. <laughs> so, next episode of Bitstorm is just going to be an all-Marvel sequels <laughs> game uh, episode to No, it'll be DC. Say. Fuck DC. All right, three, two, one, click. Hmm. Agricultural companion. Glorious icon. Ooh. I mean, agricultural companion and glorious icon, I come back to a scarecrow. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going there. I was going to some sort of, like, worshipping a god yeah, to make pa- crops grow, but pagan? I like your idea better. Um, yeah. I kind of like the idea that this, this scarecrow that your that is your companion happens to be, like, the a personification of, of, like, a pagan god or something like that. Right. <laughs> the pagan god of agriculture. Yeah. And- and Okay, either- well, either that, or this is some sort of situation where either an alien being or some sort of being that doesn't understand humans has decided that the scarecrow is a godlike idol, like an idol to a god, because why else would they put them in all their fields? Yeah. Other than to, like, bring- good luck and prosperity to their, you know, to their, to their growth. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't, is this, is this, <laughs> do the aliens take this back to their world and they start worshipping scarecrows and then this is like generations later that we pick up <laughs> this scarecrow based religion? Um, yeah, I, I do, I do like that, but let me just, let me just put something out there. Okay. Okay, so imagine this this sort of world where, you know, this person has gone out into the field and is talking to their to their companion, the scarecrow, and the it scarecrow is, is sort just- of telling them to that um, the reason why all the crops are failing is because of like there haven't been enough blood sacrifices. Okay, and the so scarecrow is talking back. So uh, effectively, you know, this. 
this guy who's running running this village kind of like a Sims sort of thing. But the the idea is that you got to try and keep a low low enough profile while keeping the yields high. Okay, but effectively so this, you're doing what, what I used Stardew to love Valley- doing. Yes. A cult edition. A cult edition. But, um, you know, you're basically having to select certain people within within the village that are going to be offered up for, for sacrifice to the Scarecrow. Okay. I do, I do like the idea of taking a Stardew Valley-esque game and adding in these tasks where it's like, better set your alarm for midnight or for like 11.52 because we've got to get up the hill to the where the, you know- head scarecrow is and and sacrifice on the altar the person that we kidnapped yesterday so i'm just imagining that like every 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 month they have like this festival that they that they're sort of putting together and you know yep. they select a certain person to be you know sort of like the the king or queen of the festival and all this sort of stuff but the the whole pretense is to try and find that that one sacrifice that they're going to be able to- It's a very very midsummer as well. Yeah. Um, I'm actually sort of taking it from a podcast I recently listened to, which is by the Glass Cannon. Okay. um, They did a a thing, um, a side quest called The Feast of Ravenmore. And just, Mm -hmm. I love this idea of this this festival that, you know, seems all all innocent and um, people sort of come to town and- Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah in the, in that way. It's like in Midsummer they had the the May Queen, yeah, who is essentially. I mean, they, I haven't seen yeah. it yet, so no, I won't spoil it. Yeah, don't. Um, <laughs> I'm planning on yeah, watching it. It looks yeah. pretty amazing. But anyway, um, I'm I'm sort of seeing. I mean, where where I came from is more along the Sims line where. I mean, one of the things I used to love doing in The Sims was, you know, how many people could I kill and, you know- would, Of course. Would they not get- um, would people not get, you know, totally weirded out by the whole thing? Well, I do, I do like the idea of the player kind of building these relationships in a sense or like getting to know these people. And and they could be- preceded, like, like The Sims, they could be sort of generated, but it's just that you start- based on your interactions with them and with your character, you start assigning kind of value, you know, different opinions to them so that when it does come time to select someone, it's like, oh, fucking- Gary. Why do I always go, Fuh. sure. Fucking Gary, like, tried to tried to hit on the woman that I'm into and say, fuck Gary, we're going to sacrifice him. Um, so, I think, and this is this is sort of- um, a way of uh, alleviating, you know, the, the whole suspicion is that yep. you can actually, um, the, the scarecrow companion can effectively create another scarecrow that can take <coughs> the form of the person that gets sacrificed. So you've got all oh, these. Oh, so it's like a body snatchers kind of yeah, situation. Body snatchers by, by these. You know the the pagan god or whatever whatever type of god you want to actually yeah put in this place, but it's it's sort of like this this real nasty sort of I don't know um, this horror, just like horror stuff going on of, yeah like random bits of straw sticking out of their skin and stuff yeah this mishmash of 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 yeah like straw and burlap sacks made into flesh effectively yeah and and you know the whole idea is. 
that eventually you, you're trying to in in your in your run, you're trying to trying to get the entire the entire um the entire town town converted. But the thing is, okay, I, what what they yeah. what the scarecrow hasn't told you is like obviously the entire town needs to be converted, including, including yourself. yourself. Yeah. You know, I I like that idea actually then of the challenge around picking the right people so that the rest of the town doesn't get suspicious. Yeah. And that the the game can kind of go in different directions as you play through of like, oh, like you chose too many of the wrong people. Like they're coming for you with like pitchforks and, you know, torches and pitchforks or whatever. Yeah. You really shouldn't have chosen uh, right at the very start, Tyra, Georgina and um, (laughs) Emily, because it turns out that like all the teenage boys were able to tell straight away that they weren't normal. Uh, yeah, if anyone if anyone could figure it out, then it'd be teenage boys. Certainly. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. I, I like the idea of bringing different uh, um, inspirations into a Stardew Valley sort of style. Yeah. So we're going to move on to uh, a final game design here and we are going to do something a little bit different. We did this last week. We're going to use this game prompt uh, uh, generator of of sorts, Um, gameplay generator. Trevor has has one ready to go, I think. Yeah. So let her rip. Okay. So in this game, you're going to be a budding chef Mm -hmm. who loves animals. But we'll mm-hmm. stop at nothing to learn how to cook. Uh, okay. So I, I can't, I kind of like the idea of, of you know, he's grown up on a farm, but he's a vegetarian sort of, mm. sort of, you know, he wants to be wants to wants to be a vegetarian chef, but you know, people people love meat so much that like it's that <laughs> this, is, this is a game about this is a game about having to manage the. Grills and utensils at a restaurant that does both vegan and meat-based foods, and you can't. So you got to make sure, like, not to mix them up, or they have to be like cleaned properly in between. <laughs> it's kind of like a spinning plate situation where you got to cook up the meat and then switch it out to to cook up your vegan stuff. You got to really clean that grill down. Yeah, yeah, lots of scrubbing of grills. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this lends itself, obviously, to some sort of cooking game, at least in part. Uh, I wonder if you can bring in a mishmash. Did you ever play uh, Battle... Was it Battleship Brigade or something? Or Battleship something? Um, it kind of mixed up, like, a bit of a cooking game with platforming stuff, because you, you'd have to, like, go out and hunt your ingredients and then come back and, like, do a sort of puzzle-ish game to, to cook your meals. I like the idea of mixing up a cooking game with with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the suggestion that they gave was bullet hell. <laughs> okay. Because it was a mix-up of bullet hell and educational game. Right. I could see a bullet hell cooking game. Yeah, kind of kind of like the, the Undertale sort of Yeah, where well, you're almost having to avoid certain ingredients- Catch other ingredients, 
for the type of meal you're making or something. But also having to make that make that decision. Do you do you kill your beloved lamb to um to right, feed to right, feed the right. starving? You know, when 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 the food stocks run low, do you kill your billy goat to make that goat stew? Right, but then how are you going to make? Well, I was about to say how are you going to make your goat cheese, but you just said a billy goat, which <laughs> not give milk. Uh, <laughs> and we're back at uh, dirty nursery rhymes. Um, <laughs> But yes, I, I get what you're saying, uh, that you, you're sort of having to balance up. I mean, that's an interesting thing also, like balancing up the the non-lethal, effectively, ingredients that you get from animals versus the meat. Yeah. Uh, you know, when do you kill your chickens versus getting their eggs? When do you yeah, kill your goats versus- or your cows versus getting their milk? When do, when do you not such. do any of that because you're vegan and, you know, you just let them be and you go with, you know, an X level vegan that you're waiting for fruit to drop from the trees before you use it. And- <laughs> That's where the bullet hole, bullet, bullet hole comes in, except it's it's that you're avoiding everything else waiting for that one apple to drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have one more. All right. Yeah. That- let's Let's do one more. Okay. It's a game where you play as an influencer with no friends trying to explore the world. So I'm thinking so that most it, influencers that, that it's a that's an influencer that has no followers. Well, I like yeah, I kind of do like the idea of that's that's where you start off like it's natural to start off. You are a, a fresh baby influencer. Yep. And somehow the game is about building your followers. Yep. Um, kind of, kind of like, you know, the the game dev tycoon and you know YouTube life. And- yeah, well, I think so. There are some games like that already. I I wonder if we can veer th- away from that a but bit. This and is where this you- is about going through throughout the world trying to find cafes to to you know have coffees in and take photos and and shit of food to try and. Well, I wonder if we can mash this up with something. I like the idea of your character as an influencer and sort of your gauge being how many followers you have as to how well you're doing or how far through you are. Can we bring this? And I'm not saying this is the setting we go, but like I'm, I'm, I'm remembering the first dead rising where you're like taking photos and stuff of zombies and things and getting points for them. Like, is there a way that we can bring in you are an influencer in some bizarre like some situation where you're having to take photos of strange things and getting followers for that like is this a post-apocalypse is it you know you're in the middle of a alien invasion like what's going on Ooh, i do i do love alien invasion like you're going throughout europe and riders people like for some reason europe has been has been the chosen place to be taken over by the aliens Hmm. But because America or whichever country that you you actually come from is like in such a shambles, the aliens haven't gone there. Like they've they've basically stayed away. But yeah. so you're you're taking photos of of this occupying force. Yep. And that's how you get basically trying to your convince. Followers. Yeah. You're spreading the news back home about what's happening here yep. and gaining this followers. You you seem to be the only following. one who who hasn't been affected, probably because 
you know, you're from this country that they didn't want to touch. <laughs> Everyone else has already been snatched. Well, or is it just like <laughs> you're still doing it through, you know, so now we're, you know, we're trying out this great new restaurant that's just opened up. I'm going to try the flop there. And uh, it looks like it's uh, some sort of living creature that is dying slowly on my plate. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> shoot me a like if you want me to to try it. And <laughs> but in, in like reality, it's, it's three hours of setting up, setting up the photo and, and the thing has actually died. Everyone else who ate it is basically being, you know, infected slash oh, taken over. Oh, you think this is how they got infected? The reason they didn't get infected is because they took so long to get the perfect shot of the food yep. that the alien organism had died. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that as a, as a setup. Uh, <laughs> and so, of course, I- I'm thinking that the aliens um, and the other people there they can't tell whether someone's an alien or not. They they basically assume that everyone is because yeah. everyone should have eaten this food. Yeah, um, all at once. No, they didn't is, expect anyone. Is this to- character oblivious? Then is this a situation where the character is actually oblivious to the fact? And it's almost a, you know, the audience knows and, like, the player being sort of being the audience yep. knows this situation, but the the character you're playing just thinks they're still travelling around Europe. Yeah. It's like, all oh, these strange European customs. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it would, it would actually- Certain viewers out there would also go, these just must be European customs. Like- Oh, yeah. Particularly if they're from America. <laughs> As in, like, the viewers. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. I, I don't know where the gameplay comes in necessarily. I feel like there's some photography it's, it's stuff. It's VR. It's, some- like, taking photos, setting up, you know. I mean, I just- I, How do you make that fun? It's just, um, you know, everything's fun in VR. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I don't know how- I don't know if we can take that so far where you're just literally- setting up a photo shoot for three hours but uh yeah i yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm i'm picturing that you know when you go to take the photo then it then it sort of you know it sort of shows oh the this is this is all the all the stuff that went down you know yeah 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 you can there are, there are ways around it there are ways around it i guess the i guess the main problem is influencers don't do shit so how do you make a game with them <laughs> but anyway someone can figure it out all right, well, I think we'll end that episode there. If you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Go through some of our previous episodes. Leave us a review. Hit us up on the social networks. They're all linked there as well. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasters around pop culture and games and a bunch of other things. So go to 8bit.net. Check out some of the other great shows there. Okay, and we'd also like it if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search Facebook for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network or look at Twitter and try to find the AG at AGP Network. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. And I'm Dusky Seaman. 